This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Your possibilities. Possibilities. Hello there, Andrew Jobling, the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. It is wonderful to be with you for another week, and I get to talk with Jacob Smith this week. And Jacob has got a story and a half, that's for sure, and what he's overcome to create the life he's living and to be helping other people is so inspiring. Born into a significantly disadvantaged situation, living in poverty, most of his childhood, hungry, struggling to just survive. And then when his parents separated, he fell into the wrong crowd, as you can imagine. And it almost led him to his own self-destruction. And he was on the verge of going to jail for a long, long time when he finally decided things needed to change. And boy, did he change them. He's then gone on to create incredible success in his corporate career, rise to the level of vice president of an organization. He's now starting a coaching business. He's helping people with their health, their well-being, with their fitness to get started on this journey of looking after themselves and putting themselves number one. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this incredible conversation with Jacob Smith. G'day, Jacob. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm well. You're sitting in your car at the moment. You had to escape your two kids. Is that right? They wanted yes, to be a part of the podcast. They absolutely did. Me and mom had a plan, but those plans changed when the little ones decided that they wanted to find dad. So even though the door was locked, there was a lot of banging and it wouldn't have been the greatest background. So I had to evacuate and find the nearest parking spot to get on this call with you. Thank you so much for it. I appreciate your time. It's good. You're obviously got lots happening in your life. You're a busy man. You're a father of two. You've got a two-year-old and four-year-old. Is that right? Yes, I do. So I have a four-year-old daughter and I have a two-year-old son. They are two years apart from each other and two months. So very close in age. It's a love-hate relationship. So they have their days where they're the best friends, and then they have their days where they're at each other's necks. But, you know, sibling love. So That's every sibling, isn't it? It's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. It's always love when you want something. I remember my brother and sister, I was the middle child, so I had resistance either way. But when you want something, it's all lovey when you don't get it. That's the hate part of it. Anyway, we won't talk about parenting because I'm not a parent. Great to have you on the show and you've been through so much in your life and you've really overcome a lot of stuff and you're now having a positive impact on people's lives. So Jacob, why don't we start by just telling us what is it about what you're doing right now that gets you bouncing out of bed and powering through the day? Um, I would say my purpose in life, I mean, obviously we started off with my kids. My kids are definitely my primary focus in life when it comes to my wife and when it comes to my family unit obviously everything I do is for them but what really gets me ticking what really gets me up is just helping people in general so when it comes to my life call I felt like you know since I was a kid and growing up you know through the challenges and trauma that I've been through when I found a way to get through them, navigate through those issues and those problems that I've actually endured over my life, I've found that it wasn't just for me to hold those in, but it was to give people the promise that they need to find out through my story and through my challenges and opposition that I can give them hope by telling them a little bit about me and giving them the promise that they need to be able to have that confidence in themselves to be able to persevere themselves as well. And it's a strong message, isn't it? And there's so many people with so many different challenges in life right now. And I guess always there's always been 
adversity, there's always been challenges. Part of the human experience is we're going to deal with stuff and it's not the stuff that's the problem. It's how we handle the stuff and what we do with the stuff that tends to direct the life we live. So we will dive into your story. We'll probably talk more in depth about your childhood and your background in the second part of this podcast. So you're just about to launch into a coaching or starting a coaching business and you're obviously in fitness. I'm looking at your Instagram page and mate, you are ripped and rock hard. <laughs> Everyone listening, when you get a chance to get on Jacob's Instagram page, you'll see a six pack. You'll see bulging biceps. This man is very fit, healthy. Tell us a bit about the stuff you're doing, actually physically working with people and helping them. Well, I mean, fitness for me was really the cornerstone and and the anchor in in getting my life in order. It was really the thing that kind of gave me the habits and the discipline to format in other avenues of my life that's really saved me to an extent. So I felt like with fitness and the therapeutic side of it that allows for you to escape and kind of allow you to decompress and release all of these things that we experience in our day-to-day lives by investing us and pouring into us that I felt like it was really the foundation that I built on in my life. It saved my life. It truly, truly did. So, you know, it was through those skills or better yet through that discipline and that consistency and that commitment and that dedication that I found myself. I found out that I truly had capabilities, but also the confidence that it built inside me, instilled inside me. So now that I'm older and I've been working out 16 straight years, I've had two back surgeries. It was the only thing that's ever stopped me from working out. And that was just in recovery, which was only about a month or so, both due to heavy weightlifting when I was younger. And I've got past those days. Tell us, mate. Tell us, what were you doing? You're doing crazy stuff as a young kid, weren't you? You're trying to clean and jerk like 200 pounds or something. Exactly. It was the squats and the deadlifts and trying to be the strongest one in the gym, feeling like I had something to prove. And Typical Malaga. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, back then it was more so the sprint. It wasn't the marathon, right? So now it's more of the marathon longevity. I'm looking at it like more of a lifestyle than I was a hobby back then. And so now it's definitely a different approach. I'm a lot more methodical and diligent when I'm going into my day-to-day training. And that's obviously what I'm doing as far as my training and nutrition. And to answer your question, as far as the angle and the approach that I'm taking isn't just fitness and nutrition. It's also lifestyle. So it's mindset training. So it's really teaching people to have those disciplines, those skill sets to admire themselves by looking at themselves and feeling confident in who they are through their physical attributes, right? Because I feel like a lot of the times we get so caught up in pouring into others, giving our life to our career, to our kids, to our day-to-day that we lose sight of ourselves. And what happens is we get very disgruntled and we get very insecure. And when that happens, we give those people that we think we live for a lesser version of ourselves. And until we start to focus on ourselves and give ourselves the proper attention that we need, fill ourselves up, we'll never really truly be able to pour into the individuals that we say we do it for to the level that we need to unless we take care of ourselves first. Isn't it interesting how people will always use other people as the excuse why they don't look after themselves because I need to do this for my kids or my partner or my parents or whatever. And you're right. Absolutely. We often put ourselves last on the list thinking that's the honorable thing to do when actually it's not. I love that message. The best thing you can do is focus on yourself, focus on your health and well-being. Then you can be a better parent, be a better son, brother, sister, daughter, whatever it might be. And also what example are you leaving and setting for those people you care about the most? 
Absolutely. Andrew, you couldn't have said it any better right there. What kind of example are we setting? I mean, from a parent's stance, from a coworker, a family member, you know, our physical representation tells us a lot about ourselves, right? So how we look, it really tells us, you know, do we value ourselves? Are we disciplined? And those characteristic traits are very important when it comes to a lot of different avenues of life. So I feel like, you know, when it comes to that confidence and being cemented in your habits and in your discipline and in your consistency and what you value and what you stand for, your physical appearance and your health is a very important staple. So, you know, that's where I feel like we need to start in understanding that we need to invest in us. And then in return, what happens is, is through that confidence that you start to find in that fitness realm, you can actually start to feel like a better version of who you are and more proud of who you are. Therefore, you can give the better light to the world. Yeah. And that's really what I feel like is the staple that people need to understand. They need to stop shortchanging themselves. They need to start focusing on what they can do to invest in them. So in return, they can invest in others. That's Amazing, mate. That's really good. The fitness side is such a simple thing to do, really. And unfortunately, so few people invest in it. I think right. there's this misconception that to be fit and healthy, it takes masses of time and commitment and hours and pain and suffering and sweat and tears. And it actually doesn't. It just means you've got to go, okay, we're going to get up and go for a walk, or I'm just going to go and do some push-ups and squats. You don't have to go to the gym and do deadlifts and squats with weights on your shoulders you just got to do something there's such a powerful effect on our mind when we move i know every morning i wake up and exercise and i don't always feel like going but i'm always glad i did and i always feel amazing once i've done it right so it's awesome why don't we have a very quick break and then we'll come okay. back and we'll chat more about your journey to this point because it's certainly been a journey so we'll have a break and we will be back Be inspired, be engaged, get motivated and make real change in your life and the people around you. Andrew Jobling knows how to inspire. On stage, he's riveting and engaging. Andrew is helping audiences around the world live their best life. Book him for a face-to-face -face or an online event. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find out more. Jacob, mindset is such a powerful word, isn't it? I love the word mindset because once it's set in a direction, that's where we will go. The problem yep. is often people set it in the wrong direction. They set it in the I'm not good enough, it's too hard kind of direction. And if you have that mindset in that direction, well, the direction you'll go is probably where you don't want to go. But with a simple shift of I can do it, I'm going to get better, I'm worthy, I'm going to get up. It's something that I can do. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to persist. That mindset will move people forward in the direction they want. And isn't that incredible? The power of our mind. It's always easy to blame. You're about to tell us your story, but I'm sure it'd be very easy for you to blame your circumstances on the fact that, oh, yeah, my life is not what I wanted because of the things I went through. And that's a mindset as well. It's a victim mindset. Well Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the product of the environment, right? A lot of people like to say, I'm a product of my environment. And I feel like, you know, in life, that's not the case. I mean, you can rewrite your narrative and you can rewrite the script. It's not written for you. It's a decision that we have to make that we choose to turn these negatives into positives. Yeah. And it's really just the mindset that you're talking about. It's your mind frame. It's a decision that you have to make and you have to act on that decision. And that's the first step is acting on it. And yeah. then from acting on it, it becomes a habit. And then from a habit, it becomes a lifestyle, but that's the sequence. 
And it's 100%, Andrew, the mentality. It's your mindset and it's not falling victim to your environment. Absolutely. And let's face it, environment plays a massive part in who we become. And so it's important that we choose the right association and we choose the right environment. But again, that's a mindset because we get to choose. Yep. So let's talk a bit about your environment because your environment when you grew up was not great. Tell us a bit about some of the things you had to go through as a young person and how that affected your life. And then when you came to that point where you said, no, this is not how I want to live and what you did to then move through it. Okay, yeah. So I'll start when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I grew up in an environment that was very low poverty, welfare. I remember as a kid, constantly being on the welfare line with my dad, my mom and my dad fighting to the point where the cops were always at the house and being so young and not understanding the severity of the situations from how bad they were at the time, because I was such a you know young adolescent individual that when the cops would be there, me and my brothers and sister would be out front playing tag and trying to, you know, do little tricks out front to show the neighbors and, and to, you know, we had an audience. So we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And little did we know we were those neighbors that were pitied, right? Because of the way we were living and because we were those neighbors that were living, obviously, in a not so positive light. Growing up hungry. I mean, just being so hungry, dreaming about food, starving the majority of my life and not having clean clothes, being very insecure, being very scared the majority of my life, just being petrified of my home and my life and not feeling safe. And when my mom left my dad when I was eight years old, my dad took it very, very difficult. And he took that divorce very hard. And because of that, he was very disconnected. He couldn't hold a job. We had relatives that would stop by from time to time, but the house, most of the time he was gone, it was empty. And so, you know, between my older brother that was going through a lot at the time, and he had his way of coping with the divorce and coping with the broken home, he could not be what we needed him to be, which was obviously what he was trying to live up to, which was the father figure. And because he was battling his own trauma, it just wasn't working at home. And so what ended up happening was over years, I kind of just seeked a family and that family for me was in the streets. And when I seek that, it was, you know, through my older brother looking up to him and to an extent idolizing him. He had gotten involved with a rough group of individuals that were involved in a gang. And I was four years younger than him at the time. And at a very young age, getting pulled around, I was an innocent kid. But seeing the things that I saw and being involved in some of the things that I was involved in at first, you know, kind of like what I talked about earlier, acting and playing a character and a part wasn't who I truly was, but I was acting it. Eventually it became a habit and then it became a part of me. And that lifestyle eventually started to be embedded in me and who I was. And I became one of those individuals that I never thought I would be, which was not so bright, not so good in the lifestyle that I was living. I ended up taking that lifestyle probably to the extreme to where it's that fork on that road. It's either you're going left or you're going right. And I caught a criminal charge, was thrown in jail, was fighting a felony charge, and it was going to be some serious time in prison. And I had this moment at 20 years old, and I was, you know, I had actually fled my city, my hometown, and I was working at a hospital stocking medical supplies in a warehouse for ICU and med surgeons. It was this uh, nursing home. And I remember I went into this hospital bathroom, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I had this moment where I said, is this it for me? Is this what my life's going to end up? Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? Am I going to end up dead or in prison? And is this how this ends for me? Like so many of my friends were at that time. I mean, I had about 10 friends that were already buried in, in the cemetery. I had about the other you know, group of them 
in prisons, a couple of them spending life sentences in there for murder. So there was things in my life that I had known that I had led to, that I had gotten to, that I didn't know I could get out of, but I knew that I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision rapidly. And that decision that I decided to make at that moment was that I was going to start to work on myself. And that moment of working on myself was literally just starting to go to the gym and starting to work out and starting to invest in me. And so I got a gym membership. I barely had enough money to get it. I started working out. I started developing my skills and my disciplines and my habits in the gym. I wasn't going out with my friends anymore. You know, what I thought were friends at the time. I wasn't hanging out in the streets anymore. And I had found out through that, keeping that as my safe haven, the gym being my safe haven, my escape, that, you know, I was able to fight my criminal charges. And when I fought those charges and got those taken off my record, that I had that second chance in life. And then through that confidence that I built in the gym, I had gotten uh, significantly more situated in my career and was able to advance pretty um, rapidly. That's awesome, mate. Good on you for that. And you obviously haven't gone into a lot of detail about the gang and what you did, and that's fine. We don't need to go there. Question is, when your mum left your dad, so it sounds like you stayed with your dad. I stayed with my father, yes. So it was me and um, three siblings. So there was four of us. I had one sister. She was a year and a half older than me, a brother that I spoke about um, that was four years older than me, and then a little brother that was six years younger than me. And so did they all stay with your father? What happened with your mom? Did you ever see her again? So my mother joined the, she was a stewardess. So she went up to San Francisco and was a flight attendant for about a year or so. She came back. And when she came back, she fought for custody. And my grandparents, which were my dad's parents, did a pretty good job positioning and going back and forth in court with my mother. My mom ended up winning custody of my sister and my little brother, while me and my older brother, that I spoke about earlier, stayed with my father and staying in that home with my brother was obviously not the best for me because of what I kind of elaborated on, which was the leaning towards the street mentality and and, uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. And it's so powerful, isn't it? In the absence of a good role model, you'll find any role model. We just want someone that we can connect with, I guess, somewhere where we feel welcome or a part of, or a group, even if it's a group of people doing Things that are not necessarily great, but we'll do it because that's where we feel, I guess, in a way, safe. Probably safe's not the right word, but at least you had home. You had what felt like friends at the time, even if they weren't. A a brotherhood. I mean, it, it was a family. At least that's what I thought it was, right? I mean, it was the closest thing I had to the family at the time that made me feel that I was important. I was protected. I was safe. And with that group, although it was not the right group to be around, they made me feel safe. They made me feel like I was valued and that I was somebody. And because of that, when you're younger and you're deprived of that and you're starving for that, you're going to do whatever it takes to be accepted. To be a part of And so a hundred percent. And that's where it's dangerous. And that's where the product of the environment stuff starts to come into play, right? Because, you know, and I fully understand and can see how some of these scenarios play out because I've lived it. I was fortunate enough to have that moment of self-reflection and be able to make that life-altering decision to change my life and to make that move. But not everybody gets that chance to call that audible. Well, I think people get the chance. They just don't do it because it's easier to stay where you are than it is to break free. I mean, that takes enormous courage because let me ask you this. When you made that decision to break away from this association, 
And I'm sure there was resistance from the group. I'm sure they were trying to draw you back in. How did you deal with that? It was very difficult. So the first stages, and I think this is why, Andrew, a lot of people don't break out, is because in the first stages, when you start to find your new identity, and your identity is not established by any means, you are not going from one extreme to the other overnight, right? So you're just starting green in this new in pursuit of this new avenue of life that you're trying to, you know, break free from the shankles of living that, you know, horrific lifestyle. Unfortunately, when you're doing that, those individuals, it's like crabs in a bucket. They're going to pull you back in. Or at least they're going to try. Yep. And so what ended up happening was, is that, you know, I started at first, people were calling me, people were reaching out. Where are you? What are you up to? We miss you. We want you back. We haven't seen you in a while. It went from that to a little bit more hostility. Once they realized that I wouldn't come around, it was, you know, oh, he's a this, he's a that. He thinks he's better than us. Oh, you know, F him. He's not one of us when we see him. And then it turned into when we see him, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a whole nother problem. Exactly. And so I had to navigate through all those phases, but I stayed true to it, knowing that pick and choose your poison, right? I mean, if I would have went back and situated myself with those people, what would have ended up happening is I know I would have ended up dead in prison because for me, I'm an extremist. I'm an all in type of a person. So if I'm going to go in on something, there is no, there's no, and let's be honest. Yeah. And not to mention, there's no long road there that leads down one or two paths. You're either going to get incarcerated or you're going to end up dead. And there's really no other outlet. You can't live that lifestyle forever. It's going to lead you down one of those paths. You know, I've lost a lot of friends growing up. I've seen my friends dead in front of me. So I've seen some horrific things that you can't come back from. And, you know, I knew that that wasn't the life that I wanted. So I stayed true to my path and to my road that I was on. And I didn't veer. I didn't veer and I just committed. You know, I didn't look back. Good on you, mate. And I'm so sorry. That must have been horrendous what you experienced as a young person. And no young person should ever deal with that. But they do every single day. And whilst your experience is extreme, like most people listening to this will never, ever deal with what you had to deal with. But there's a really strong lesson there. And the lesson and the thing that you always kept in mind was if I keep going down this direction, I know where I'm heading. And I don't think enough people really stop and reflect on the choices they're making and where it's actually leading them. And certainly in health and well-being or financial or relationships. And I think every one of us could tell a story of poor choices that led to a really undesirable situation. And we probably inherently knew where it was leading us, but we kept going anyway. And the courage to stop and go, okay, I don't want to keep going down this path because it's going to either end in prison or dead. Okay. Now for a lot of people, that's not the situation, but for most people that are listening to this and they may have some kind of addiction around alcohol or food or whatever it might be, And it's going to lead them somewhere that they don't want to go, for sure. It takes foresight and it takes courage to stop. I want to encourage every single person right now to stop and go, okay, if I think about certain areas of my life, if I keep doing what I'm doing, where is it going to lead? And is that where I want to be? And I love the fact that you said, no, that's not what I want for me. And you were strong enough in the face, I would imagine, lots of resistance and threat of violence and all kinds of stuff. And you said, no, I'm going to stay true to this path. I think that's incredible, mate. So kudos to you. Jake, we're going to have another quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about now what you've done to get to this place in your life where you're fit, lean, ripped and rock hard. You're married happily. You've got two beautiful kids and you're really having a positive impact on people's lives. I think it's incredibly inspiring. So we'll be back after a quick break. Hello, everybody. This is Jacob Smith. I hope you all are enjoying this podcast as much as I am currently. You can find me on Instagram at jacob.smith.fit. 
where I provide nutrition, fitness, and mindset training. You can DM me for more inquiries. Thank you. Jacob, again, mate, I'm so grateful for what you've shared. You were just saying in the break that you haven't really shared your story beginning to end like you just have. And I'm grateful that you did share that. And I was just saying to you that I think that's so powerful because it's an example for people to know that you can change your life. And for most of us, as I said before, we're not living with the threat of violence or being hunted down or chased or thrown in jail or murdered or all the stuff that you had to wake up to and deal with every single day. The rest of us are just dealing with simple decisions that we can change. And I just want to encourage people to really, this is now the time as we get into this last part of this podcast, to start making different decisions. So let me ask you this, Jacob. Obviously, you saw a better life for yourself. The first part of creating changes, you've got to see a better life. What did you see for yourself? As far as the stages of when I started to veer into the next part of... Yeah, you made that decision. I can't live this way. If I keep going down this path, I'm going to end up in jail. I'm going to end up dead. That's not the path I want. This is the path I want. What did that path look like? Did you know at the time or were you just trying to get as far away from where you're Just trying to turn the opposite direction and not look back and run as hard and as fast as I could. So for me in the early stages, it was getting a good job, decent job that would pay my bills. Just give me a roof over my head. So I could have a car, have a roof over my head and keep me off the streets. And so that was the first priority for me. And when I got that, what I realized was, is that when I was there, I said to myself, you know what, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to give it everything I have the same way I did growing up in the other alternative lifestyle that I was living. I'm going to give this all I have just to stay away from these people, stay away from that life and to distract myself from any temptation that's going to lead me back down that negative avenue. And so when I did that, what happened was, is I started off as a standard warehouse uh, associate. I was a warehouse worker that was, you know, dealing with gas and electric meters. I worked for the company for a few years, had gotten promoted from a regular warehouse employee to a manager. So for me, that was very gratifying and made me feel like, okay, I am capable. There's something in me that I am starting to believe in because obviously the fruits are starting to produce. I was laid off of that job, which was discouraging, but then I got a job at an appliance company. And when I got this job, I started off all over again as a standard labor warehouse employee. And in a span of seven years, I was promoted seven times And I had made my way up to the executive director level and then was promoted to vice president. Yeah, executive. So it was something I have no college degree. I barely graduated high school. Obviously, I came from a very rough upbringing. And what I can say was that everybody always asked me, how did you do it? You know, I'm in meetings with people that all have their degrees. They're all very educated, talented, well-rounded, respectable businessmen and business partners. And I am the most underqualified individual on paper. It's not even close. And the only thing that has me stand out in that room is my effort, my hard work, my sacrifice, dedication, commitment, and blood, sweat, and tears that I've put into every single ounce of every day. And I don't take a second for granted. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of the way I was raised. It was my rough upbringing, those circumstances, those challenges and adversity and opposition that I went through and having to scrape and claw and scratch my way through life in that survival, fight or flight, life or death type of a mentality and approach I've always had since I was a kid. That when I had finally gotten this opportunity to climb a ladder, it was life or death. Every day, I was so serious about it that I put my head down. By the time I put my head up, 
I couldn't even believe where I'd gotten to because I didn't even know what was happening. And all I did was just commit and work harder than everybody else in the room. That was it. I was the hardest worker in the room. Nothing more, nothing less. I applied myself more. I wanted it more. Let me ask you this, Jacob. You're obviously running hard. Were you running away or were you running towards? That's a good question. You know, I would have to say at first I was running away. And then when I started to catch my traction and momentum and start to be confident in who I was through those wins that were happening over time, I was running towards. Yeah. And I think either way is okay, isn't it? For a lot of people to set a goal or to create a vision for their life is difficult. It's hard, isn't it? If you're in a situation where things are tough and you're not feeling great about you, they say, well, have a dream. What's your dream? What do you want to achieve? If you could achieve anything, what does it look like? And for most people, they go, I can't think that. I can't do that. I know for me, the motivating moments for me was I was in $100,000 debt working seven days a week in two businesses. And all I could think about was getting out of debt. I was running away from debt, running away from the life that I hated. And I think as a starting point, that's not bad. But at some point when you start getting some traction, then I guess that gives you the confidence to dream and actually maybe see more for your life. So you can now start looking forward and running towards a better life rather than running away from a crappy one. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better, Andrew. In in the early stages, when I started to really invest myself in my career, it was just to stay away from that other life. And I was definitely running. And then from there, once I started to cover and catch some traction and momentum, I was running towards my life that I felt like was, you know, obviously what I started to believe I was capable of. Yeah. So, mate, you now have two young children. Yes. Happily married, a two-year-old, a four-year-old. If they could really understand this conversation and maybe one day they'll listen to it when they can understand it, what would you say to them? Oof. What would I say to my two and four-year-old? You know, I would say that never quit. Always know that you can do anything you set your mind to, regardless of any situation and circumstance. Well, better yet, never let a circumstance or a situation define your life. You know, I think that would be my staple. Never let a situation or a circumstance ever define your life. You know, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in a situation that might take place and a circumstance that might take place in our lives. And we allow for that circumstance and that situation to define us. But if we can find a way to use that, let's say, life-altering situation that takes place, and it happens to all of us, it's going to happen in our lifetimes. And maybe not now, maybe tomorrow. Maybe it already did happen, but if we can use those situations and instead of letting them define us in a negative light, let those negatives be these experiences that we use to leverage us forward, turning those negatives into positives, those experiences that we um, persevere through as our strong suits to allow for us to have that fortitude to be able to persevere through hard times. I would say that's the message I would give my kids. What we go through is what we grow through. What we go through is what we grow through. Yes, sir. Wow, that's awesome. Jacob, this is a wonderful conversation and what you're doing is incredible. So now for the people listening that are feeling maybe a little bit stuck in their life, what first step would you suggest to them to start moving through and growing through what they're going through? What would be step one from your point of view? Step one would be investing in them. Like we talked about in the early part of this podcast, I think it's just Having that moment of self-reflection, asking themselves the hard question, where am I lacking? Where am I failing in my life? 
being honest with themselves, identifying those problems and starting to work on them. We all have them. We all have our weaknesses and we just need to be honest about those weaknesses and start to work on those flaws that are holding us back because that's what they're doing. They're holding us back. They're hurting us. They're hurting not just us. They're hurting our families. They're hurting the loved ones around us. And until we address them, we can't help and be the light that we need to be for others. And so I feel like a lot of times, where do you start? The baby steps is you start to invest in yourself. It starts with your physicality, like I talked about earlier in fitness, taking care of your physical well-being. We'll take care of your mental well-being. A healthy body is a healthy mind. Yep. And then what you'll realize is, is through that energy and through that confidence that you'll start to be able to pour into yourself through whether it's meditation, whether it's spiritually, whatever it is, books to feed your mind as well, because you need to do that as well. And then also then in return, once you get to a point where you feel like you are instilled through these let's say the new you, you can actually find a way to then in return, give that back to others. But until you take care of you, you'll never be able to truly take care of others the way you want to. Even if you sit there and you try to justify to yourself that you are only living for others, if you're shortchanging yourself and you're giving them that disgruntled, agitated version, you're doing them no good. You're not doing yourself no good. And you're definitely for sure as hell not doing them any good. So until you start to give yourself what you need so you can give them something, let's let's be honest, a vibrant light, it's doing everybody a disservice. That's a great message. So if you're listening to this, focus on you. What can you do to improve yourself and put you number one? Because a lot of people listening to this go, yeah, I need to put me number one. And I think the exercise fitness piece is really good because it's so simple. It's just about prioritizing, get up and go for a walk. And something happens when you're exercising, doesn't it? There's clarity. It's a great way just to let go of stress and the anxiety that we might be feeling. It's a great way just to get us feeling good about ourselves and confidence. But what I love about exercise is if I get up in the morning and I'm feeling a bit anxious or unsure about something, by the end of it, I've always got the answer. I'm always clear. I'm always feeling strong and positive and happy. And I think that's a wonderful first step. And I could tell you too that, Andrew, what I've really found out to be what I feel that gives me intention, that gives me the purpose that I feel like everybody should strive for is really helping others. That's what it's all about. And until we realize that it's not about us, you know, I'm over here saying, yeah, invest in us, invest in you. Yeah, you're investing in you so you can invest in others. And that's the thing. It's not really about you because people are like, well, that's selfish. You know, I have to live for others. Yes, you have to live for you so you can live for others. The truth is, is our call in life, I believe firmly, is that in order for us to live a fulfilled life, we have to be our best selves and we have to be our best selves for others. We have to make sure that we take care of others, we pour into others, and we give them everything we have because that to me is purpose and that's intention. It's a lot bigger than us. We can't make our lives about us because if it's just about us, we're going to get hit with something that's a lot tougher than us and it's going to make us quit because we don't have a driving force for why we do what we do. Yeah. And mate, you know, it's interesting while you're saying that I'm looking up on my wall and I've got a quote that many people have heard of, the quote by Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is that we're not inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And this is how it finishes. And I love that one. Because I love this, because it's exactly what you're saying. It's saying we are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's exactly what you're talking about. 
It's saying, I'm not doing it for selfish reasons. I'm going to be the best I can be. I'm going to be powerful beyond measure so that I can inspire and empower other people to be the same. And mate, what you're doing is exactly that. And it's wonderful. So Jacob, how do people find you? If they want to follow you, if they want to get coached by you, if they want to talk to you, how would they get to you? So I am on Instagram as jacob.smith.fit. And right now I am providing not just nutrition and fitness coaching, but as well as mental mindset training as well. And so IG is a really good place to find me. You can also find me on TikTok at jacobsmith760, but primarily everything that you'll see from my motivational postings that I do daily, I post daily on there is going to be on Instagram at jacob.smith.fit. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Jacob. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank you for sharing so openly and honestly. And I know this podcast is going to impact many lives. So keep up the great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Andrew. That was an incredible conversation with Jacob Smith. So inspiring what he went through. To have the courage to stop, reflect, and make a very tough decision to go the other direction to those people that he was associated with when even his life was at risk, he did it anyway. And it proved to be a wonderful decision because now he's living the life, very successful in the corporate career, now starting a coaching business to help people married, two beautiful children, and life is pretty cool. But he had to make some choices. He had to focus on himself and he had to change his direction. So I want to encourage you to do the same if you need to. And if you would like to reach out to Jacob, go to his Instagram page, jacob.smith.fit, and you can send him a message there and have a conversation with him. Thanks for being with me this week. Another wonderful conversation, which they always are, because I get great guests. And I would encourage you to share this with anyone you feel would benefit. I want to encourage you to join me again next week, because I'll be here. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast.